You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I'm a credentialed media member covering the NBA and the Suns at SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine, and I am getting you ready for Game 4 of the NBA Finals. That is what we're here to talk about. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at BrendanClean14. Follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnPHXSuns, to keep up with the conversation during, after, and throughout Game 4 and the rest of this NBA Finals Good morning, good Wednesday morning, good game day morning. Let's not waste any time here. I wanted to give you the quick rundown. I'm going to give you two keys to game four for the Suns. Do not miss Monday's show, as, or I'm sorry, Tuesday's show as well, folks. Getting you uh, the numbers, the film breakdown, the stats, everything from game three as far as what went wrong, what can get better. This show is going to be more so... Just two keys. I'm going to zero in on two things that the Suns need to do if they want to get out to a better start than they did and obviously win the game. And then I'm going to get out of here with some quotes and thoughts from Willie Green, who it basically became a lock that he will become the head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. That's one of the things that happens when you are a great team is that the rest of the league wants what you have. So Willie Green seemingly headed to go coach Zion Williamson and the rest of that New Orleans team. And I'll talk about what that means for the Suns, what they're losing, and just what it uh, has been like to cover and and watch Willie Green grow as a coach in these two years. So that's what we're going to do. Today's show is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Green Room app and join Brandon and I every single Friday afternoon to get in on this conversation. Okay, so key number one to the Suns winning game four and starting better in particular is a quick start for Devin Booker. Not too fancy here. Devin Booker flat out has to have a good game. Spent a lot of time talking about that and the numbers behind it on Monday's show, but I want to just give you some what to watch for type notes as you sit down for those opening moments of game four. And here is first from the man himself, what Devin Booker had to say about his mentality heading into game four. Um, just understand the task that's at hand and, you know, simply you just have to be better if you want to win the game. Um, and that's obviously something I want and something this whole team and coaching staff and training staff want and this whole city wants. So, um, you know, I'd say it's a good pressure. You know what I'm saying? These are the moments that you, you prepare for and that you, um, you train so hard for is what we're in right now. So, you know, you have to be excited about it. Okay. So, uh, you know, a, a little bit of, of more honesty from Booker. And I think he seemed to genuinely be frustrated with himself. We know the standard that he has. We know that he has tended to bounce back well from bad games throughout the playoffs. That's all good and should mean that he does play better, but a lot of this stuff is nothing surprising. I'm repeating myself in a lot of ways. You got to get rebounds and you have to let Booker get to the rim and transition off of them. You want to have the high screens. I talked about that in the preview shows all the way back at the beginning of the series of what we saw in the regular season when Drew Holiday or other Bucks players were pressuring the Suns ball handlers full court. 
The Suns started to set really high ball screens with DeAndre Ayton to get that man off of Booker or Paul even further from the basket and allow them to play in space. I think we'll see that because Holiday was definitely in their grill in game three. Um, Booker bringing the ball up when Chris Paul, even when Chris Paul is on the floor, I think that is something that we probably should see and having their jobs be inverted a little bit, even if it's just something where Booker takes the ball up, does some initial action, and then goes into his off-ball role, I still think that mix-up can be enough to make the Bucks have to rethink some things. And then obviously you want to make Giannis work on defense. So that can be in transition, that can be Booker going at him, which I'll get at in a second, or it can just be a general philosophy you have as an offense, which is don't let Giannis hide and not be active. He's been defending DeAndre Ayton. Make that hard for him, right? And Booker can be a part of that. The big difference, though, that I think is, again, something I went into on uh, this, I keep saying Monday show. It was what I recorded on Monday. Went up on Tuesday. Check that show out. These are both sort of previews for game four. But one of the things I went over is how well Booker has shot the ball, even when he's been defended by P.J. Tucker and Chris Middleton. Those are the two guys who have predominantly guarded him, and he's been good against both. This is not a situation where they have a chess piece that Booker is having a hard time solving. That would be Patrick Beverly, right? That's the big difference here. So Booker has to start out well, but it's not going to be as difficult as it might have been in the Western Conference Finals because Patrick Beverly's not there to muck things up, to play him physically, to challenge him and make him work, and all of the things that Patrick Beverly did to make Devin Booker less of a factor last round, that's not there. It's purely, in my opinion, that he just did not have a good shooting night, that he was settling for poor shot selection, and that those nights happened. So um, a couple more things. I think that the two-man game with either Chris Paul and Devin Booker or Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, those you got to go at them. We saw the Bucks find some success purely by having their best players do stuff together on offense. Devin Booker needs to do that as well. No more pull-up threes early in the clock if you're out of rhythm. He needs to get to the basket. He needs to get in rhythm shots. The best way to do that is to play with other best, other of the best players on your team and move the ball and move your body. That's what the Suns do when they're at their best, and that's what is going to need to continue to happen. So, the Bucks' three best players right now are defending the Suns' three best players. That's one of the fundamental issues that the Suns have faced. Now that the Bucks are settling more into a traditional defense, a more comfortable defense for them, that's the reality, is that Giannis is often defending Ayton, Middleton is often defending Booker, and Holiday is defending Chris. So that's part of why this Milwaukee matchup was such a tough one for the Suns, just from a you know person-to-person standpoint. And the way to combat that is make the, the Bucks uncomfortable again. Be more ruthless. Seek out P.J. Tucker. Seek out Brooke Lopez even more aggressively with a screen. Have Mikhail Bridges be a screener. Have, uh, again, more of the two-man game with all three of those guys. Having that transition aggressiveness means that you're not going to have give the Bucks time to settle in, find those matchups. You're going to have these cross matches where all of a sudden, if Booker has the ball, pushes the pace, takes the ball up the floor... Maybe he gets a matchup where suddenly Brooke Lopez has to step up and and do something right there. So I think all of that is where I would see Devin Booker being able to start out very, very well and have a much better game, much better start to the game. We know first quarters are great for him and can be a sign that he is locked in. So 
All of that, I think, would obviously go a very long way in the Suns being more competitive in Game 4 here on Wednesday night. All right, next, folks. Number two, the key to the game, is a more balanced defense. We'll get into it in just a second. First, another quick word from Spotify Greenroom, the first ever social audio app made just for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms again this Friday afternoon, meaning you can finally join in on the Locked on Suns conversation that you listen to here every single day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like yourself for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to the biggest news and rumors across the NBA landscape. You also have a chance to chat with Brandon and I every single Friday afternoon through our Green Room conversations. Again, that's Friday afternoons in the NBA channel. All you have to do to join is download the free Green Room app available all on all iOS devices. Create a profile, link your Twitter account, join the NBA group for the latest league updates, and then follow me at BrendanClean14, same as I am on Twitter, to be notified when the room goes live. I know you won't want to miss us again Friday afternoon. I can't wait to hear everyone's Suns thoughts between game between games four and five again this Friday. See you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Back here with key number two to the Suns, starting much better in game four and securing a win. First though, folks, today on our road to the finals coverage, it is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Okay, so key number two, again, is that the Suns cannot allow the Bucks to be comfortable. They need to play a more balanced defense. They need to play a more disciplined defense. And the game just, look, cannot be played on the Bucks' turf. And I obviously understand that <laughs> that sounds funny because, of course, it's going to be played in Milwaukee. But you know what I mean metaphorically. 54 points in the paint for the Bucks in Game 3. That's not going to do it. It's not going to result in a win if the Bucks are allowed to score nearly half of their points, 54 points in the paint alone. You need to make Giannis uncomfortable from the start. We talked about making him work on defense. A lot of that too, though, in my opinion, is that you need to make him physically uncomfortable. Play him rough. If he's going to seek out these free throws, if he is going to assert himself, play with that force, that Monty Williams term that he loves so much, he's honestly been a the most forceful player on the court in games two and three. Um, more so, especially in game three. So if that's going to be how he wants to play, you need to play him rough. So there's a difference, obviously, between being physical to aggravate somebody's injury or trying to hurt somebody, which is clearly not what I'm advocating for, and just matching a player's physicality to make their job harder. That's what I mean. So that's sort of where I'm at. Giannis is going to be such a fundamental part of the Suns' defensive game plan, and of course he should be, but even Monty Williams admitted all throughout the past two days that that's going to need to change for the Suns. They need to be able to guard him, make him uncomfortable, while also not allowing other players to be wide open. It's a very tough needle to thread, but it's one that they are going to have to thread if they're going to win. So I want to get to a couple of your Twitter questions. I solicited a few of those and got some good ones, so I'll answer a couple of those in a second. But I wanted to hear you to hear what Monty Williams had to say about the Suns' defense and how they'll balance both of those duties 
here in game four. Take a listen. It's just, it's a hard truth that you have to do both. You have to be able to show a wall, but also have the integrity of your defense intact on the other side. And um, that particular play was a bit of an anomaly because normally he's he's attacking and, you know, it could be a clear side. That, that particular play, Drew just sprinted to the corner. We had no awareness of that. They kicked it three. Um, but to your point, you have to do both. There's no in between with this team. And when you can do both, um, you can have success. So let's get to your Twitter questions now that Monty Williams has spoken. And I think it's uh, indicative of just how tough a challenge it is. But I think the fact that he agrees you have to do something. And it's like, look, you're not going to stop Giannis, right? You're not doing something where you're going to have Giannis score 22 on poor efficiency. I th- I tend to lean toward I We talked about it with Brandon on our Game 3 recap show. And I talked about it yesterday after on my in-between show. And look, the reality is I'm leaning toward Giannis being able to just get his and you just have to live with it. That's sort of where I am. I don't think he should be scoring 40, but but I think he's going to get at least 30, and that's just the reality. So you need to just make that a difficult, inefficient, and tiring 30-35, and then make the other players worse. And so here is the first question that gets us to that. And this is from William Cook, I believe. Will Cook. And the question is, Prediction for the Suns' first defensive set in the first quarter to address the Bucks' paint dominance. Do we see man, box and one, triangle and two, something else? They need to do something different, Will says, and Giannis won't stop until we stop him. Will, appreciate your question. Appreciate that you are being creative here. And I tend to think, so the box and one, triangle and two stuff, for the most part, we've seen it be deployed, and the way that I understand it is that it's mostly for a perimeter player. You know, we obviously we saw it with Steph Curry, most notably in the 2019 Finals, which was, you know, he is such a threat to hit shots anywhere on the floor. He's so good at moving without the ball. He's so has this range and all of these things that mean you need to have somebody on him at all times. But the reality was back then with Clay and KD out that. Nobody else was really a threat to beat you. So that doesn't really describe what's going on with the Bucks, right? To me, and I get it that maybe I'm misunderstanding and I'm sure there's a legitimacy to it. And I don't mean to, to negate your point, Will. I think we're just going to see something more traditional because Giannis is not that type of player. You don't really need to devote somebody to him at all times, face guarding him, preventing the ball from getting to him. It's not that type of thing, right? Giannis is going to score in transition. He's going to score on the roll. He's going to score in the post. Those aren't really areas that you need to warp your whole defensive scheme to handle. So my answer, Will, is that I think we see a pretty traditional man, but I think we might see, you know, if if he is going to double, maybe if he is going to post, rather, I already answered my own thought there. They should maybe double him more often. They should send more help to him on the roll. They were just getting far too easy baskets because they finally started using Giannis in smarter ways and the Suns just were not ready for it. So I don't think we'll see them reinvent the wheel, but I do think that they will have to just be a little bit more aware of where Giannis is, how he's being used, and then not allow him to get comfortable once again. That's the buzzword, I think, in today's show, as you guys, I'm sure, are hearing me say already. Uh, Last one here, which is from... 
let's see, want to get your guys' names, Ision at Ision16, he asks, what is Monty's answer to the non-8 minutes with Craig not looking 100% and Dario out? And I think this goes to the same thing, which is, you know, what do you do to play that balanced defense? I think you're going to have to go small. I'm standing by that. That's what Brandon and I talked about. It was a big mistake on Monty's part, I think, in game three to go to Frank at the end of the third quarter with Aiton on the bench still with four fouls and there needing to be an adjustment, right? The guys had, had been in for a while. He went back to Frank. It was a wreck. I think Giannis scored seven points in the last two or three minutes of the third quarter. The Bucks take a 20-point lead. That can't happen. You have to keep playing small. So, yes, Dario is out. Craig did not look great. I agree with you, uh, Isian. But, however, I just think that um, you gotta you got to stay small. So, we saw a lineup with, with Cam Johnson and Torrey Craig. Or, I'm sorry, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges, if I'm remembering right. So, I would say... Try to keep one of those guys in, go to Tory Craig, and then just make it work. Um, maybe you're, maybe that means you dip into the bench guards a little bit more. Maybe we see Javon Carter if, if Frank Kaminsky's not going to play. I, I don't know. I know Aiton will play more, so these are going to be fewer minutes than it was in Game 3, ideally if Aiton is able to avoid foul trouble. And altogether, if we're talking about this balanced defense that the Suns need to have, I think that they are going to be better at that if they can have a lineup out there that defends the ball, that can switch and take the Bucks out of their rhythm, and with multiple guys who you can at least try to throw at Giannis. So Craig, Crowder, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, those are all players who theoretically have the size and the athleticism to, to, to be survivable if they end up isolated defensively against Giannis. So that, I hope, answers your question. I think that they cannot go to Frank again. I think that it'll have to be a, a rolling rotation of Crowder and Craig and Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. Try to have two at least of those players on the floor at all times. Maybe you go to Javon Carter or Etwan Moore again. I don't think that's ideal, but I also think you can survive with that a little better than you could against the Clippers, to be honest. So maybe that's part of how they fill in those minutes. All right, next up, some thoughts on Willie Green leaving the Suns, what they are losing in him and why I think he will succeed in New Orleans once the finals are done. First, though, folks, a quick word from Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the planet, my favorite protein bar. And they just keep coming up with flavors. I don't even know how else to put it besides that. These nine core flavors that they always have are changing. So there's always nine, but they're not always the same nine. Right now, you got cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, German chocolate, some of the new ones available. And then my personal favorite, double chocolate, has not gone anywhere. It's there for whoever wants it. You know that when you chew into a built bar, it's going to be soft. It's going to be easy to chew. It's going to be covered in chocolate. And then once you swallow that thing down, it's not going to bog you down. I hate when I try a protein bar that's supposed to be a meal replacement or a post-workout, and it just feels like a brick in my stomach, and it tastes awful. Bilt Bar is none of those things. That's why I love it. They are healthy, only five, four to five grams of sugar, but packed with 17 to 18 grams of protein in every single bar. Bilt Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. What a fantastic little detail there. You're starting to see them around grocery stores and health food stores all around. I know I have as well. You'll see them with the U.S. track and field team. They are everywhere. Try yours. Go to built.com, built.com. Use promo code locked on to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. 
BetOnline.com. Today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. We have the Open Championship in golf. We have the Olympics, of course, which I was just talking about with the Built Bar ad coming up in just a matter of days at this point. And the best part is that you can bet on all of it with betonline.ag. They have the latest new sign-up bonuses and contest info to inform your bets, have fun betting, and get in on the action. As teams run to their gold medals, their NBA Finals championships, everything going on, BetOnline is the place for it. So head to the website, that's again betonline.ag, or on their mobile app, make an account today, and when you put your first deposit down, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. Again, that's promo code locked on when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's close out. A few thoughts for you all on why I'm so happy for Uli Green getting the head coaching job. Reportedly, it's obviously not final. It probably will not be until the Suns, until the finals are over. Um, but I think he's going to do a great job. And I think that obviously... Anyone who's paid attention to these sons the past couple of years since he joined Monty Williams' staff back in 2019 is that they, you know, you all know that, that the sons are going to lose a pretty integral part of their team. He has been the lead assistant since joining this staff from the Warriors, and that in and of itself is a big deal, but he's also been an architect of this defense that has been above average and uh, not above average, above expectations in both of the past two seasons. And so, you know, it was obviously only average in the first year, but the for a young team that was so terrible in past seasons, for even to be average was great. And then this year, of course, rising to top 10 status. And for the most part of the course of the season, I think you could say that the Willie Green constructed defense has been one of the best parts of this entire Suns team. I think that there were a lot of games where you came away thinking, man, they were better defensively than offensively. So a lot of that comes from Willie Green. Um, he's a modern coach, I think. He's young, but I don't just mean that because he's young. I think he can scheme and understands how the modern NBA works, probably in large part from playing recently and then being in those Warriors dynasty uh, coaches sessions, right? He can connect with players, I think, as well. Chris Paul has talked ad nauseum about how close they are, and I think that goes a long way to have a player like that advocating for you. So again, yes, he's young, but he's also won in both Golden State and Phoenix, and again, the architect of that defense, which obviously the Pelicans really need, but it'll be interesting to see how the Suns go about replacing that. It's not to say the whole defense just came from his brain. Of course, the players executed it. The Suns have a great roster. Monty Williams, the rest of the staff, have a large part to play in that, but Monty has gone out of his way to say that Willie has built this defense, and so where they look after that is you know, going to be very interesting, especially assuming that they get it done this season, as we're all hoping and assuming that they will be able to do here in the finals. And, you know, that's a really big piece to lose. Your lead assistant after one trip to the finals and you already have to replace him. So that's all where the X's and O's are going to help the Pelicans, I think, and obviously challenge the Suns to find a replacement. But more than just being a leader and a coach, I think Willie's also a smart person and look, the NBA in 2021, it's not just about the scheme or your leadership. It's about the broader implications of what the NBA is and does in 2021. And that obviously, as we saw last year, and I think we'll continue to see in pro basketball, both in the NBA and the WNBA is in politics. And 
I was fortunate to be able to interview Willie Green about the madhouse at McDowell turning into a voting center last year when the Bucks strike. One of the demands that the players made was that every NBA arena be turned into a voting center last year for the election. And the Suns were late, but they did get there. And I was able to write about it and talk to Willie and um, wanted to read you guys this quote. So he said, it's one of the fundamental ways to make change in this country is to vote. If you don't like something, you don't like what's happening in our communities, or you want someone changed out of a position or someone new to come in, the way to do it is voting. Willie also told me that he's voted forever in midterms, everything, ever since he was 18. He said, also, as a black man, people died for my right to vote. People died for black people to vote. It wasn't always a right in this country. We owe it to our ancestors, but also the people coming up behind us to take advantage of that opportunity. And that was really what drove him to be part of the effort by the Suns to make the Madhouse a voting center. He voted there and he wanted to show people in this community and take advantage of the opportunity that they had as leaders in this community that it's important to vote and that, you know, taking away your opportunity to do that is not okay. He talked to me about voter suppression, not the way that we think about it of some big conspiracy, but in these small ways. Why, you know, do these communities have to wait so long in lines? Why is it so hard to take days off to work? He, he brought up to me, why can't you vote on your phone? And I didn't have a good answer for him. I think that th- those are the types of things that I just will think about. Obviously, it's an opportunity to interview him one-on-one, which was very cool. And assistant coaches, especially from the Suns, don't ask me why, are rarely made available for interviews. So even getting to do that was cool, and I learned a lot from our conversation. But I also just think it shows that he's creative and thoughtful and smart, and I think you have to be that in 2021 to be a coach in the NBA. We've seen young black assistants become NBA coaches all around the league this season and during this head coaching hiring cycle. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. It's because of the leadership. It's because they want young assistants who understand the way that the game is changing on the court and off of it and what the league means in the communities that it exists in. And Willie checks every single one of those boxes. The Suns have two more wins, folks, to take home that Larry O'Brien trophy. They will need Willie Green to get there. They will need those two keys that I went over. But once the season is over, losing Willie Green would be a pretty valuable asset to not have. A pretty big blow. Sort of a conversation for a different time, but it is the news of the day. Hope you enjoyed my thoughts on Willie. Hope you enjoy game four tonight. And do not forget to check back right here. Subscribe right now while you are at it. Do not miss a show. And I will be back with you right after the buzzer of game four. So stay tuned.